My grandparents, however, used to buy a gallon of whole milk and then half a gallon of half and half. And mix them? And mix them to put on their cereal. And that's just one step removed from putting Frosted Flakes on your ice cream. (laughs) That's awesome. (laughs) It was indulgent. You know, for a while, we were a member of a food co-op, and we bought raw milk from them. And then I was just like, I can't. Yeah. As a physician, how dare you? I'll tell you. I'll tell you why. Because it is the best milk you have ever had in your entire life. Just buy a cow and suckle direct. I mean, if it wasn't for, like, the dirt, I mean... Nothing worse than a dirty teat. All the... (laughs) everyone, and welcome to Let's Pod This. My name is Andy Moore. I'm joined by Scott Melson. Hello, Scott. What's up, man? How are you? I'm well. We're both very tired today. We are. We're struggling in this uh, heat-induced coma in the middle of May. Yeah, it's true. I will say, though, despite being exhausted, I am in a better place this week, I think. I, uh, Kumbaya. I've only, I've only been on Twitter like twice in the last seven days, which makes me feel much better about just my, my life and myself. Yeah, you really have to take a break every now and then, particularly yeah. at the end of session, I think. Lots yeah. of folks taking vacations right now. I saw Dale Dinwalt from the Oklahoman. Yes. I mentioned to you, uh, I saw him yesterday at the uh, at the governor's mansion for Child Advocacy Day, and we'll talk more about that in just a minute. Uh, but Dale came by to say hello and looked positively jovial. Um, he said he was going on a two-week vacation and was and was thrilled for it. And that man has worked some long hours for many, many months yes. up there. So yes. him and the rest of the press corps, hats off to all of you. Absolutely. Yeah, no, I, uh, I spent... Uh, I spent all weekend working in my yard. It's about 16 hours in my yard this weekend, which was exhausting, but I think let me like kind of let go a lot of my residual, uh, I don't know. Let it go. Yeah, just my residual kind of frustration from the end of session. Yeah. That was, so I'm, I'm tired, but I'm, I'm much, I'm a little mellowed out today. Nice. Well done. Well, speaking of breaks, uh, we'll we'll go ahead and say right now that um, after this week's episode, uh, Scott and I, let's pod this. We're going to take a two-week break. There'll still be podcasts in your feed. We're going to release the audio recordings from uh, the two from Walkout to What's Next events that we held a few weeks ago, just after the uh, the teacher walkout. We we recorded the audio there. The first one was from a Sunday, and we were joined by Sabina Brown from OK Policy and Liz Wagoner from the Oklahoma Women's Coalition. And then the the next night on Monday, whatever that was, uh, Scott and I were in Edmond at the Patriarch and had a great crowd of primarily teachers. It's some good discussion. Both uh, both episodes are about two hours, so yeah, they were buckle up. They were long. Um, the audio quality is not as stellar as our usual podcast recording. Can't take up room D- studios with you on the road. Dulcet tones. Um, also, we're still learning how to use these mobile mics. So, but I think you can hear quite a bit. It's a little fuzzy. So apologies in advance for that, but we didn't want you to be empty for two whole weeks. When we return uh, in, towards the end of May, we're going to have uh, kind of a plan for the off-season. Now, since we started Let's Pod This, we've never had an off-season. Right. We thought we might have one last summer, but no, no, here we are. 17 months of solid session later. So over the next few months, between now and the next session, which doesn't start until February... Unless... That's right. There may be a special session. Can't forget that. But uh, regardless, we're going to take a deeper dive 
into some select topics, more of the quick fixes that we've released in the past, and then uh, we're going to do some special event podcasts, such as between now and June, and we're going to have a special episode surrounding state question 788. Marijuana. The medical marijuana. We're going to have a podcast. We will not be high, <laughs> I assure you. Uh, but we're going to have some other special guests join us. We're going to yeah. do a... A joint live podcast. Oh, a joint. Well done. That's, like a, that? that's a wee joke there. there. It is. All right, so we're going to do a joint uh, podcast with... Um, Riley Ross from Yalo K. Uh, will be joining us. Which is another we're, local podcast. Yeah, we're trying to nail down uh, dates, details, and location, but you guys will have that information as soon as we have it ourselves. Yeah, so that, look forward to that between now and the end of June. Um, and speaking of that election, as a reminder, June 26th is the primary elections for Oklahoma. This is a big day. This is the second largest election of the year in our state. Every, pretty much everybody can vote on something. Um, if you have not registered to vote, if you are not registered right now, or if you need to update your address or anything, you need to do that before June 1st. Yeah, that's correct. And just, you know, one thing about the primaries, um, just a little kind of insert here. We hear from people, I mean, I know I hear from people all the time. People say that they don't vote or they don't get excited about voting because there's, man, I, I don't like either one of the candidates. I think we, you know, I heard that in 2016 over and over again about the presidential race. People saying, man, there's, I really don't want to vote for the Republican. I really don't want to vote for the Democrat. I just don't like there's really a candidate who represents what I want from our leadership. And I empathize with that completely. Yeah, man, that happens. But here's the deal if you want good candidates in November, you got to vote in June. That's right. And uh, if you don't vote, Someone's still getting elected. Yep. Whether you vote or not, decisions yep. are made by those who show up Indeed. and cast their vote. So, vote maybe for the least bad option. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But if you want to have if you want to have better than least bad options, vote in the primaries. Mm-hmm. If you're a conservative, register for the Republican Party and vote in the Republican primary. If you are a Democrat, Democrats allow uh, registered independents and Democrats to vote in the Democratic primary. Mm-hmm. Libertarians vote in the Libertarian primary. Look at the issues. Decide where you fit in. Uh, jump in and, and show up and vote for the vote for vote for your uh, primary candidates. Cast that ballot. That's right, man. Cast that ballot. That's right, man. It's, it's, I want to make a jingle out of this. It's it's vitally important having good, vigorous primaries um, with with good turnout. It's, it's just vital to the process. Cast so, that ballot. Anyway, that's my that that's my soapbox for the week. That's right. Also, we uh, hope to reveal to you in the coming months. Our very first Let's Pod This sponsor. Uh, We've been in talks with a couple of organizations, uh, so we're excited about that. If you would like to sponsor the podcast, we're going to put everything on our website, letsfixthisok.org slash podcast. Uh, Details will be there. We are not going to support any candidates, so if your candidates are, you can't sponsor. Um, We are nonpartisan. We love you all. We appreciate that you're running, but no. Yeah. Um, but we feel free to come on, though. Yeah, we'd love to hear from some of you, and we would like to. Uh, what well, we do want to celebrate local brands or national brands, whatever. If you sell a mattress or uh, a nice cold beer, um, those kind of things, we'll at least consider it. I'm looking at you, Casper. That's right, Casper Cath- mattresses. Hey, I've got a tough. Do I have tough to needle? I think it's tough to needle. Whatever. <laughs> I sleep on it. It's comfy. It works. I don't think about it, which is probably a good sign. From a mattress. They didn't pay you to say that, man. They did not. Be quiet. Well, they might now. <laughs> Who knows? 
So let's uh, let's start, Scott, by just giving I'll give a quick recap about Child Advocacy Day, which was uh, yesterday. It was Wednesday. Yeah, it looked like it was a good, good turnout. Right. So we'll talk about that real quick, and then we'll hop into the main topic of today. This should be a slightly shorter episode. Our results from the 2018 Predictorama. If you remember, that was a game we did a few months ago. It was. It was a game. We, uh, my predictions, I think, all went down in flames. Did you submit one? I, I didn't submit. That's good because you're not eligible. Yeah, but uh, but we 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 talked, and I think I already have a let's fix this tote bag. So, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but we have a winner. Are we going to announce the winner now? Or are we going to go through the Well, we'll, go, we'll come back. Oh, okay. Just hang on. <laughs> but first, uh, Child Advocacy Day was yesterday. This was also our May Capital Day. As many of you know, we do a Capital Day every month during session at the state capitol. It's a day for regular folks to come down and meet with their legislators and learn how to do advocacy. However, this year, unexpectedly, the legislature was not there. And so... We partnered, again, uh, as we did last year, with the Oklahoma Institute for Child Advocacy. And man, if there's an organization that is, uh, it, maybe if there's a topic that is nonpartisan, it should be children, <laughs> right? Children don't care about parties. They just don't want to be abused. They want to be happy and loved, and damn it, they should. So we partnered with OICA, uh, and we had a pretty great turnout. We had uh, several dozen three dozen or so people that showed up um kind of throughout the morning we hosted an advocacy training there at the capitol the blue room uh, as part of the construction was not air conditioned and it was rather sweaty sweaty so we moved to uh one of the committee rooms we oica you, is you guys were in the gallery right well so we did a tour also so after the uh, after the advocacy training uh joe dorman um, who is the executive director of OICA, friend of the pod, and uh, former legislator. He's All served. around good dude. He's a good dude. Uh, he and former gubernatorial candidate. Um, so it was good to see him with uh, Governor Fallon later because they ran against each other four years yeah. ago, yeah. and Joe lost. And so it was uh, it was nice to see them during the luncheon, um, kind of make some jokes. Uh, Did you just use the that. word luncheon? It was a luncheon. I always feel like luncheon is a very fancy word. It was fancy. Like, I don't know if I've ever been to a luncheon. It was held at the Governor's Pavilion, which is, out. it's like the pool house, basically. I got to see the Oklahoma-shaped pool at the Governor's Mansion. I'd never been over there. Is that where her daughter was living? Or it, no? Yes. Yes. It's over there. <laughs> In the uh, the camper? In the RV trailer, yes. <laughs> um, but the pavilion was very, very nice. We had a great turnout. Several legislators got to visit with uh, Representative Jacob Rosecrantz, Senator A.J. Griffin, who's in the waning days of her tenure there at the legislature she said she hasn't done an exact count but she's she's authored something like 185 pieces of legislation during her time in the senate which is pretty tremendous it's it's impressive feels like she's left her mark on our state yeah Um, a a tremendous advocate for human issues uh including things like child welfare so uh also met with uh, steve buck who's the director of the oklahoma uh, Bureau of Juvenile Affairs, good guy. Uh, also a good follow on Twitter if you're interested. So anyway, it was a good day. We did a great uh, advocacy training. Lots of great questions. A um, couple of kids, mostly adults. Uh, and uh, and Dorman uh, took us through 
kind of that step-by-step really gave us the inside track on some things and then led us on a great tour of the building. It has kind of inside information, something I didn't know, is that when they renovated a while back, the desks that are in there on the, on the, gal- on the floor of the House and Senate are, I think all of them are basically a remake of original desks that were in there. And he has in his possession one of the original desks. That's awesome. Isn't that awesome? I'm That's like, awesome. I said, I've been to your house. I didn't see it. I would, I would like one. Well, I, don't, I guess they're all gone. I'll have to ask Joe if I can have his. I don't think he'll let you. <laughs> you don't but think so? I told, I told Trey Thompson I want one of the big <clears throat> uh, tile or marble or granite. I guess it's granite seals, state seals that are out on the plaza in front of the Capitol. On the, on the off chance that they get to actually replace that, the restoration project does not include the plaza right there. And it would be an extra quarter of a million dollars. It's badly in need of repair because they didn't do it right the first time and all the grout is falling apart and gone. And um, and they have to put cones around all of the state seal pieces because they're slippery when it's wet. And Yeah, you can't walk on them when it's been raining. Yeah, so, so they have these cones on each one which covers it up and it looks dumb. So they want to redo it if they had the money. I asked for one of the seals. I'm sure it weighs something like <laughs> 600 pounds because it's big, but... Nevertheless, rent a, a flatbed trailer to bring it to your house. That's right. Just just put a little uh, wonder bar in there and squeeze it out. So thanks everyone who came yesterday. It was a great turnout. I know I connected with a couple of listeners. So hello to you guys and uh, and thanks for being there. Thanks for all you do. Look forward to getting involved. And uh, if you have a cause, I'll throw this out there, Scott. We haven't discussed this, but if you listeners have a cause or a topic that you would like to hear more about or even come on and share your experience please uh reach out to us send me an email 100 percent. my email address is andy a-n-d-y at let's fix this okay.org come on down let us know and we can get you scheduled this summer we got time to fill and similarly you know we've we've had some requests from folks like this was you know the event we did in edmund a few weeks ago um, and we've had some requests from some other folks to come do you know advocacy trainings or workshops or you know even just come talk with people and kind of answer questions about the process yeah, yeah, and yeah. Um, we're always open for that that's one of like that's part of what this you know exists to do so um, if you would like us to come to your you know whether it's your work or a group of friends your next door neighbor's backyard you know kind of whatever whatever mm-hmm. the situation is if you'd like us to come um, be available to answer questions about process answer questions about advocacy um, or just kind of Talk about what it is we do and why. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. Yeah, lots of questions about how to get involved and yeah. what they can do um, and how to how to go about doing this. We'd love to do that. I know that there's a group here in town. Um, a friend of mine, Sherry Geis, has a group that's been meeting in living rooms to discuss how to be advocates, yeah. and she would like us to speak to their group. I think we're, we're kind of preaching to the choir, right? Because if you're listening to us right now... You're probably highly involved. Right? You're... I hope. If you're not, then what the hell? Well, right? but maybe not. I mean, folks may be listening because this is an easy point of entry into learning about things, and they're feeling that stirring in your chest that you want to get more involved. The spirit's moving. Just give in. <laughs> give us an email. Give us a call, and let's make this happen because this is a big year. This is a big deal. I'm happy to help you uh, plan a little event in your neighborhood, in your town, whatevs. Okay. Let's take a super quick break, and when we come back, we'll discuss the Predictorama! Nice effects there. Nice. 
It's a low budget operation here. <laughs> Just until we get a sponsors. All right, we're back. Welcome back. And now it's time, as promised, for the results of the Predictorama. That never gets old, does it? No, not once. <laughs> All right, so as a reminder, the rules of the Predictorama, this was about your predictions for which legislation you believe will be passed by the legislature this year. And a few caveats, a few quick uh, quid pro quos that uh, one entry per person and uh, you know, your first name, last name, this is how we did it it was online, we put it out on the podcast and on social media, Twitter and Facebook maybe even on our email, I think I sent an email about it. You did. And the definition that we're going for was, for the sake of this game, and this is just a game so don't take it too seriously folks the legislation will be considered passed if it successively was passed by both chambers by Friday the 25th, which would be the requirement for signee die. That's not for a couple of weeks, and we've they've already signee died. And subsequently signed into law by Governor Mary Fallon. Now, she hasn't signed everything yet. However, as we looked through things earlier, she signed everything that's relevant to us. So. Yeah, she's got about... She's got about 70 bills left. For those not, we're not going to get into the details of all this, but for those that are have been listening for the last few weeks and kind of keeping track at home, many of the bills that we focused on the last couple of weeks, uh, so SB 1140, which was the adoption bill, has not been signed yet. Constitutional carry has not been signed yet. Um, those are probably the big mm-hmm. two, right? Some interesting questions about that. Like, yeah. She could veto some of these and really piss off members yeah. of her own caucus yeah her own party anyway so everything that we needed we had 20 items 20 specific topics or specific bills that we mentioned that were listed on the game those are all taken care of um as far as the game is concerned there's yeah. one with some question but it doesn't affect scoring yeah so we're going to go ahead and go with this agreed now um scoring is determined by taking the total number of correct guesses and subtracting the total number of incorrect guesses. And so basically, how many you got right minus how many you got wrong is your final score. Um, As a preview, the winning score was six. So if you didn't guess on one, that's a zero. No, it doesn't go four against you. You're not penalized. Right. If you guessed guessed six and you got them all right, your score is six. If you guessed six and you got three right and three wrong, you would get a zero. Because you'd get plus three and minus three. Yeah. You're being scored not just based on uh, your correct answers, but on your accuracy. Correct. Because you're being penalized for guessing incorrectly. It's an aggregate. Right. Basically, I just made an Excel sheet and it added up the total of that row. Uh, So basically, as we said, just mark the ones you really think you will pass this session and don't try to cheat. Like, don't guess them all because you might not win that way. All right, and the prize is a twofold. One, one canvas Let's Fix This tote bag and an invitation to appear here on Let's Pod This with Scott and me. We discussed some additional prizes. I forget what those were, so we'll, <laughs> we'll address that later. All right, so we're going to go through a few. Here's a few stats first before I announce the winner. The first person to submit responses, the very first contestant, was Jennifer Warren. Jennifer, if you listen to the podcast, 
thanks for being first. Well done. You didn't win, but thanks for being eager and submitting your responses. Thanks, Jen. Do you know her? I do. Oh, terrific. She related to Joe Warren? Uh, she's his daughter-in-law. Hey, fact. look at that. Well, we're <laughs> All right. Um, the last person to submit responses was Ashley Terry, who I know she submitted her responses less than four hours from when it responded. That's the Ashley Terry I'm thinking of. I know her as well. And then, um, so as I mentioned, there are 20 possible items. The most predicted item uh, was item... We had 19 people that said, yes, they would pass or extend the Stand Your Ground law to include houses of worship, which was uh, House Bill 2632, and they did, so those were correct. Second most predicted item was the cigarette tax increase, the teacher pay raise of any amount, uh, the ball and dice, those three things all received 18 votes. All 18 were correct. Good job to almost all of you. Uh, the least predicted items, some... No one wanted to take a chance on these? Yeah, what's the the horse? What's the word I'm looking for? Like the... Dark horse? Dark horse. I'll edit this to make it sound like I know what I'm talking about. I think I have said that in every episode. <laughs> All right, so the, the dark horse items were to allow cities to set a minimum wage higher than the state minimum wage. That was House Bill 1939, which did not pass. Nope. Only Didn't three, even get heard. Only three people predicted that one so uh most so the wisdom of crowds was in effect and then the measure to require governor and lieutenant governor to run on the same ticket only seven people thought that would pass they were all wrong as well both of those were parts of the step up plan and if you remember when we first put this together it was in full step up season back then my god that feels like it was that feels like years ago yeah like it was it was January and it feels like right. it was years ago. So the highest number of items of uh, issues, bills, whatever that a single player thought might pass was Debbie Hill. Uh, Debbie thought there would be that thirteen of the twenty would pass. She was not correct. Debbie, I don't know you, but God bless you for being an optimist. I love it. it makes me happy. Keep doing what you're doing. Debbie's a great lady. I do know her. She lives in Norman. Is a uh, super involved activist. She does lots of stuff with Together Oklahoma. You will find her at the Capitol most days. She's, That's and she's super knowledgeable about what's going on. She's awesome, a cool lady. Well done, Debbie. Three other people guessed that that twelve of the twenty items would pass, um, and then the fewest number predicted by anybody was Ashley Terry, who only guessed three. So she really put. All of her eggs in, in three baskets. <laughs> not, not one basket, but three baskets. Right. So of the 20, how many items did pass, Andy? Ooh, that's an excellent question, Scott. I'm glad you asked. Nine of the 20 passed. You know, that's not terrible, actually. That's almost half. That's really a little surprising, I'll be honest. So, yeah, so nine of 20 passed. This isn't a secret. I guess I could publish the results of this. Sure. Anyway, if you want to know how you did, if you forgot what you asked, just shoot me an email. Uh, again, that's Andy at let's fix this okay.org. So without further ado, let's announce the winner. Drum roll, please. Scott is pulling up a drum roll on his phone. <laughs> it sounds like like a drill in another room. That's <laughs> a drum it's a, a drum roll, according to YouTube. According to YouTube's Peter Evans. Peter Evans is our big winner of the 2018 OK Legislative Predict-O-Rama. Congratulations, Peter. 
So to kind of break down the box score a little bit, how many items did uh, Peter predict would pass? Peter predicted um, in total, he, his final score was six. Right, but that was... We had a second, second place of five, and then everything else was much lower than that. Um, so Peter correctly guessed that the cigarette tax increase would pass, that the fuel tax increase would pass, that there would be an increase in the gross production tax on oil and gas wells, teacher pay raise would occur of any amount, state employee pay raise of any amount. Um, let me scroll over. That uh, ball and dice would pass, extend stand your ground law to include houses of worship, and creation of an industrial hemp pilot program. All right, so he guessed eight. So what are the two he missed? So he missed two. He missed um, lower the supermajority uh, threshold for revenue measures from 75% to 60%, and he missed the tax on wind energy production. Both of which got really, really close. Yeah, I mean, he almost had it. Like, so, Peter, whoever you are, you are in tune to what's happening at the Capitol and sound like you'll make an excellent guest on the podcast. That's right. <laughs> Hope you're running for office. Um, so, the there's one item that we've not technically scored, and again, as I mentioned, it does not affect the outcome, and that is the creation of a budget stabilization fund now, we put that budget stabilization fund into quotes. I'm giving air quotes as I say it. Uh, and we haven't scored that because it did and didn't pass. So there is a Senate Joint Resolution 35 has now become State Question 800. And that means, and this is a, a joint effort by, I believe, uh, former Senator David Holt and Representative John Montgomery, that will create, they call it the Vision Fund, and will start preserving some oil and gas revenue to help stabilize the budget. So it is a budget stabilization fund. It's not called that specifically. It's called yeah. the Vision Fund. And, and it's, it's got to go to the ballot. And it's got to go to the ballot. It's got to be a question for us, the voters. So, so if it passes, we'll have not one, not two, but three uh, state savings accounts. Right. Let's just hope we get enough money to go in those to actually stuff our coffers and stabilize things in the future. I mean that, yeah. Scott, how do you feel about the the, the inaugural Predictorama? Should we do it again next year? Oh, absolutely. I think so too. This was kind of fun. Um, we'll do it again next year. And we're not that far away, y'all. Interim studies got filed this week. Uh, bill filing deadline is in the either the last week of November or the first week of December, which means that even though we're on a break, even though we're on, you know, kind of in the tweener time in between sessions, um, right now is when the work to, to kind of think about what are going to be legislative priorities for lawmakers next session, that work starts now. Um, what that means is that if you're interested in trying to be an advocate who can kind of have maximum effect, now is a great time to talk to your representatives and your senators, you know, and the candidates. Yeah. And, and the candidates, I mean, they all have to get reelected in November. So, um, now is the time to really kind of make your voice heard. Right. So th there's a great article that the Oklahoma policy Institute put out today. I highly recommend you go look at it and it breaks down all the candidate filings for this year. The point that stands out to me is that even if all the incumbents who are running get reelected, only, that, that it means that 60% of the legislature going into next year will have been there for four years or less. It'll be a whole bunch of new ones, 
um, and then a bunch of folks that haven't been there very long. Which and is going to make for some late nights. Some late nights. And that means a lot of folks are going to be uh, bright-eyed and bushy-tailed yep. and new. And for everyone out there who says we should vote these bums out, man, you have. You've voted out 60% of them. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And so um, that means a or lot of... Or convince them not to come back. Right. So a lot of folks don't... They don't know what they don't know yet. Um, this could be great. This could be terrible. Let's wait and see. You know, it's interesting because um, you mentioned that a lot of them aren't going to be back. There are several that will be back next year, though not as elected representatives. Um, several of them will be back as lobbyists. Uh, That's the, likely true. The uh, Ethics Commission had proposed a set of rules uh, saying that uh, former state elected officials needed to uh, had, a, had to have a two-year cooling-off period before they could come back and be registered lobbyists. Um the rules that are proposed by the Ethics Commission are subject to approval by the legislature. And the legislature said, yeah, thanks, but no, we all want to lobby immediately. That's right. So there will be several reps that will be back at 23rd and Lincoln next year, uh, although on a different payroll and with a different role than they've had before. That's right. Someone's got someone's to work. Someone's got to do it. It's true. Anyway, all right, that brings us to the end of our episode Thanks to Scott for being here, as always. Thanks, man. And, uh, you know, thanks thanks to you, Andy, for being, you know, the co-host here and the fearless leader of Let's Fix This. Um, you know, I think um, I think I can speak for everybody who's on the board and everybody who's involved with us. You did a fantastic job. This was your, this was your brainchild two years ago. Um, and to see it kind of, to, to, to stick with the metaphor, to see you have birthed it, birthed it into existence and now uh, raising it is, is is a lot of fun and, and privilege to be a part of. Um, I also want to say thanks to all of you that have listened to us. Um, you know, I think Andy and I have, we have a lot of fun doing this. Um, we're both political junkies. Uh, we like Twitter. We like politics. We like to talk and we like whiskey. So, um, you know, it's, it's definitely, it's definitely a labor of love, but it is a lot of work <laughs> to put the podcast together every week. Um, and I, I think we do it because we, we enjoy it, but we also do it because it seems like there's a lot of people who really um, are glad that we do. Uh, and we're grateful to all of you for your support, for listening, for showing up to events that we do, for rating us on iTunes and for telling your friends. So thanks for being here with us every week. And uh, even though we're going to be gone the next couple of weeks, please, please come back when we're back on the air in June. That's right. And also, congrats to Peter Evans, winner of our 2018 Predicto-Rama. Well done, Peter. Well done, Peter. All right, so that officially brings us to the end of this episode. Remember, you can connect with us on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook and all those things. We are at Let's Fix This OK literally everywhere. Scott is at SC Melson. I am at Andy OKC. You can um, follow us online at our website, letsfixthisok.org. There you can find the podcast. You can donate to support us, sign up for our newsletter, read the blog, which we desperately need to update, and we will be updating very soon. Yeah, that's my bad. I've not been able to get the blog post out the last few weeks. Hey, man, me too. It's too much, but there will be, there will be regular blog posts. Um, over the summer starting yeah starting in a couple of weeks yeah for, right. for sure um our podcast is edited and produced by scott and me and let's pod this as a member of the mostly harmless media network you should definitely check out some of the other podcasts that mostly harmless produces uh, out there 
Our theme music is generously provided by the Sugar Free All-Stars. Let's Fix This is a non-partisan, non-profit organization who strives to educate and equip all Oklahomans to engage with their government. We encourage you to get involved in any way that you can. And remember, decisions are made by those who show up.